The Broncos wrap up Friday practice at the UC Health Training Center as training camp is ongoing for this football team. They're going to have a practice on Saturday and Sunday before heading to Minnesota next week. George Stoya of the Gazette joins me to talk about what he's seen up close and personal from Broncos camp. Plus, we analyze some of the storylines that are currently impacting this team. We react on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of the show. Locked On Broncos is your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Broncos analyst for the Locked On NFL Network and 9 News. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the show at Locked On Broncos. Very excited to be joined alongside by George Stoya of the Gazette. Here a little bit later on in the show, he's going to talk about the Broncos quarterback competition. He was at practice this morning at the UCL Training Center. He was able to see what's going on. And we're going to have a little conversation about practice versus preseason. Now that we've seen that the NFL has had one preseason game with the Cowboys and the Steelers, maybe it'll get people to tone down a little bit. Practice is where you're going to see a lot of these mistakes happen. I know I've been harping on it here on this podcast, but it is a message that everybody is freaking out about over social media. We won't necessarily see that necessary separation from a quarterback or maybe any of these other position competitions until you play another team. So starting things off, let's get into our Broncos news and notes to open up today's episode of the show Friday's practice at the UCL Training Center, a couple of standouts, McTelvin Ajim and Draymond Jones. Two guys continue to stand out. Now, I want to focus a little bit more on McTelvin Ajim right here because he's been one of those names that has stepped up since Mike Purcells went down with an ankle injury, and he's been getting reps both at the defensive end position and also at the nose tackle position. So he's been working a little bit on the inside of the defensive lineman, inside where the guard and the center are, and also in between the guard and the tackle at times. So you like to be able to see a guy who can line up anywhere. And I think in today's NFL, it's very important that you have versatile defensive linemen that are comfortable playing a one-tech and are also comfortable playing a five-tech. McTelvin regime is going to have to do that. Now, guys like Shelby Harris, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to listen to his podcast, Shell Shocked, but he was talking about one year he was playing in a six-tech against a tight end, and that was against the Minnesota Vikings, and he threw Kyle Rudolph off of him. But you want to see guys move around a little bit, and I think that for where the Broncos are at as a defensive line unit, they have the perfect amount of guys who are strong, anchor point type of defensive linemen, and they have guys who have the combination of both size and speed and athleticism. I look at guys like Draymond Jones and Shelby Harris. I see a combination of size and athleticism from that position. I look at McTelvin Ajim. He's been demonstrating in training camp so far that he's a little bit of both as well. So if you can fixate a defensive line rotation to have these guys come in, specifically when Draymond's off the field, you're confident if he's performing as well as he is so far right now in training camp in the preseason and the regular season, you're confident with McTelvin Ajim going in there and causing havoc. Now, he had a pass deflected at the line of scrimmage earlier today against Drew Locke, and it was intercepted, and it was obviously picked off by Josh Watson. So more opportunities for the defense, right? Being able to get your hand up and knock passes down at the line of scrimmage is huge tipping those passes up into the air, creating those opportunities for the defense to get takeaways off of a deflection is so critical because oftentimes it's very hard, very, very difficult for a cornerback or a safety to cover for a long period of time and then go make a play and intercept it. Oftentimes you have to be able to jump certain passing windows or if you have a deflection, it leads up to a bounce up in the air. 
it bodes well for your opportunities to do that. The Broncos need more takeaways here in 2021. That is a key to do it. So really excited to hear a lot about McTelvin regime. Now, Draymond Jones had a couple of what would be sacks in a game in the Broncos team periods here on Friday at the UCL training center in practice going against both Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. And so for Draymond, Vic Fangio mentioned in his post-practice press conference that he really expects Draymond to take a big jump from year two to year three. We've seen a lot of jumps from him so far from his rookie season to last year, and now he's in a prime position to be the starter at the other defensive end position opposite of Shelby Harris here in a 2021 NFL season. That is something that we absolutely love to hear. We love to see it from Draymond and can't wait to see him continue to dominate here this upcoming season. So all eyes on McTelvin Ajim and Draymond Jones here at Broncos camp on Friday, concluding practice, keeping an eye on them on Saturday's practice and Sunday as well, leading us into next week when they're going to hold joint training camp practices against the Minnesota Vikings on Wednesday and Thursday preseason action on Saturday. It is almost here, folks. Bear with us. We're so excited about it. I know you are as well, Broncos country. But our next point, too, talking about another player that's getting opportunities, Natani Muti. Vic Fangio had some praise for him, and he says that he is flashed, and he's one of those guys that stood out to him so far in training camp practice. He's one of those guys that can play left guard. He could play right guard. He could play center if he really wanted him to. He could play tackle, too. He has some experience there at the tackle position back at Fresno State, but he's more of that guard option for the Broncos, and they really like him on polling plays. Specifically, you can line him up at right guard. You can pull him to the right side, play side. You can pull him from the right side to the left side, and you can pull him if he's on the left guard to the right side and also to play side. He's a good guy at extending and kicking out. Based on the small sample size that we have of him on film right now, he's really good at taking the appropriate angle and being able to kick guys out. And we saw him maul a couple of Carolina Panthers last season. So can we see a little bit more of Natani Muti this year? You never know. One guy can go down and all of a sudden you're up. And I think that Natani Muti is in a prime position right now, according to the Broncos coaching staff, that if something were to happen, they have the expectation that he can make that next jump. There's still areas of his game that he has to improve on, according to Coach Fangio. But he's working at it, and he's a prospect that has developed nicely so far under Mike Munchak's coaching scheme and the Broncos' offensive line system that they do have. So keep an eye on that. Jamar Johnson, Baron Browning, two young rookie players that were drafted by the organization earlier on this year. They're a little bit behind the curve, according to Vic Fangio. Jamar Johnson obviously was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list after either coming down with it or being a close contact. He just returned to practice, and he has to pick up on things a little bit. And one thing that Coach Fangio mentioned, he has to be a consistent tackler if he wants to see playing time on the field, whether that be on the defensive side, whether that be on special teams. He has to clean up that area of his game that he struggled with at college in Indiana. So keep an eye on that. But Baron Browning, we know dealing with a lower leg injury, was placed on the physically unable to perform list prior to training camp starting. And Coach Fangio said, to be frank, he's these guys are behind because you have to be out here. You have to be getting the reps in order to pick it up. So maybe I think we all have to temper our expectations this season for Baron Browning. But look, guys like Curtis Robinson, guys like Justin Sternod and Josh Watson, these three inside backers, they've been really impressing Broncos coaches. Not sure how much we're going to see Baron Browning at inside backer. If you look at the Broncos practice roster right now, it's listing Browning as an outside backer, but you have guys like Jonathan Cooper working there at outside backer as well. So what are the Broncos plans? Well, luckily right now they have a lot of time and Baron Browning has a lot of time and he may have to sit and learn if he's not physically able to perform the Broncos will continue to evaluate that, but you have to pick up the mental aspect of the playbook. And once you get back on the field, whenever that may be, you have to carry that over into the physical sense. So we're keeping our eyes on that situation this season for the Broncos and their rookie draft pick out of Ohio State. And lastly, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick is Adam Prentice, the fullback undrafted rookie free agent, has been turning heads at Broncos camp. 
we were seeing a little bit of the fullback position evolve a little bit, not necessarily as the traditional hand in the dirt guy, but also as an H back, being able to flex underneath formations, use it as a receiver. But Prentice has been having a impressive preseason from what I have gathered. They're springing guys open. He created a touchdown opportunity for Mike Boone in the red zone, clearing out Jamar Johnson. And then a couple of days ago, he had a really great play that freed Royce Freeman up for a big time touchdown run. Can't wait to talk about that with George Stoya coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country. But before we get into our interview, and our sit down with George Stoya of the Gazette. I have to tell you about today's sponsor of the show. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's a protein bar that tastes legitimately like a candy bar because the bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, and they have a flavor for everybody. Nine delicious flavors. My personal favorite, salted caramel, double chocolate, and they have the occasional limited-time flavor, some special flavors that drop, and you can be notified of that by going to Built.com. Not only are Built Bars the best-tasting protein bar on the market, they're also the healthiest. They contain 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar, folks. That is tremendous value for a protein bar that you can take anywhere with you on the go, and it's convenient, and it gives you a nice little energy boost. helps me get through some of my afternoon work workouts or if I haven't had breakfast it gets me going and gives me the extra boost that I need to get across the finish line and I want you to try a built bar today by going to built.com and when you go to checkout use promo code locked 15 that's going to get you 15% off your next order once again promo code lock 15 is going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com the official protein bar of the lockdown podcast network Fortunate right now to be joined by George Stoya of the Gazette to break down Friday's Broncos practice at the UCL Training Center. George puts in a lot of great time and effort, and his articles and column you can check out at the Gazette. George, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to jump on here to talk about Broncos football from Friday. You know, according to the reports, not a lot of people happy with how the quarterbacks had played today. We'll dive into the quarterback competition a little bit later on, but I want to start things off with some wild cards here. And Trinity Benson has been a name so far in Broncos camp that has been making plays. And when we're talking about plays, he's making plays downfield at, at larger depths between 15 to 30 yards plus. And according to uh, multiple reports today, he had another big day. Yeah, and I just want to say for the record, because if any of the media members listen to this, they're going to be like, wow, they, he really did ask about Trinity Benson. Because I've been the biggest Trinity Benson fan at practice so far. It's every time he catches the ball, I let everybody know it because – uh, you know, the first day of camp, I think it was he caught two touchdown passes, two deep, yeah. like 40, 50 yard touchdown passes. And I said, man, well, I wonder if Trinity Bins will make the team. And everybody kind of kind of laughed at me. And since then, all he's done is is catch all these passes. And so I'm like, hey, Trinity Benson. I'm, and I'm actually working on a feature story about him. But um, yeah, he's been, I would say, the biggest surprise of camp so far. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of players that have made, you know, big leaps, maybe from year one to year two, year two to year three. Um, and guys that obviously, again, have, have, have shown a lot of growth. Uh, but Trinity Benson is not a name that I think a lot of people had circled coming into this camp as somebody that would make this roster. Uh, and you look at that receiving room, and you know there's four guys that you, we can all sit here and name that uh, are, are going to make the team, right? You know, Judy, Sutton, Patrick, and Hamler, they're going to make the team. And then it's, it's you know, those last two to three spots are kind of up for grabs. And I think a lot of people circled Deontay Spencer as a guy to make the team. Tyree Cleveland, uh, Seth Williams, the rookie they drafted in the sixth round. And Trinity Benson has is, is honestly been better than all three of those guys. Um, you know, Seth Williams is starting to come on. And he didn't catch a pass after a few days, the first few days, but he's starting to make some plays. Tyree Cleveland's been out with an injury since, like, I think the third day of camp. Uh, and Deontay Spencer really 
hasn't done a whole lot in the offense. Obviously, he's their their go-to return guy, but I think Hamler's really pushing him for that spot. So Benson's really got a great opportunity here, and he's taking advantage of it. I mean, he he caught, I think, four passes today, and, and all of them were over 15 yards down the field. Love and, it. <laughs> uh, and a lot of them were – he was wide open. I mean, he made a great move and got open. And, you know, I asked Vic about him today, and he said uh, the thing with Trinity is, you know, he's been on the practice squad the last two seasons and uh, has honestly shown a lot of growth. And, you know, coming to this third year, it feels like he's really starting to figure out the offense, understand his role, uh, and really know what he's doing. And just talked about also he's just a speedster. Um, he's a guy that can just flat out run. I, I think he was a track star in high school, um, you know, put up a lot of production in college and, and at the Division II level. Uh, so he's definitely a guy that is on my radar. I mean, again, I'm, I'm writing a feature story on him this weekend because he's been playing so well. Well, and you mentioned Tyree Cleveland a little bit earlier, too. Outside the injury right now, that's something to keep an eye on. But, you know, the first couple of days of camp, the reports were saying that he was struggling with some drops a little bit. So when you look at a guy like Trinity Benson, who's making these plays downfield, and even Kendall Hinton's been getting some flash as well. I mean, yeah. that is a very loaded wide receiver room. Now, depending on how many wideouts the Broncos tend to carry in the regular season, it's really hard to imagine at this point because you want to factor in guys that can maybe spell a little bit of a load on special teams. Um, outside of that, I don't think we're going to see Cortland. I don't think we're going to see too much Tim Patrick. We might see a little bit of Tim Patrick on special teams, but those four guys mainly that we named outside of Deontay, if uh, Deontay Spencer gets beat out by K.J. Hamler, I don't see any of those guys playing special teams. So I think it does open opportunities for a guy like Kendall Hinton, Trinity Benson, and even Seth Williams at this point. Do you imagine that these three players might be in line to make the roster? Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned the special teams. Benson and Hinton have both been, uh, you know, returning mostly kickoff returns, not not so much punt. It's been mostly Hamler and, and Spencer on punt, but uh, you know, a lot of them have been gunners on punt. Um, I've seen that quite a bit. I think Trinity actually went with the first team today, first team punt, uh, you know, as a gunner. Uh, and, and so I definitely think there's a chance. You know, I think Seth Williams. Um, he's a guy that that's flashed and, you know, he had a lot of production in college at Auburn. And I think if he can just get on a roll again, it's tough for rookies, you know, coming in, I think it's going to take him a week or so to really get ingrained in that offense and figure out kind of where he's at, understand the playbook, things like that. And I think we're starting to see that because he's, he's starting to catch more balls down the field. But um, you know, I think that those three guys, I mean, Hinton, Hinton's really on the fence. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see a little bit more of him, uh, when it comes to the team period, you know, he's caught some some good balls, you know, down the field a few times. Um, but, you know, I think his route running could be cleaned up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, all three of those guys are definitely in the hunt. Uh, I think that, again, other than those four guys that I mentioned, there are, there's a lot of unknown there in the wide receiver room in terms of who's going to get those last, you know, two or three spots, depending on how many guys they take. Oh, what a good problem to have, too, by the way. I mean, having that much depth, it gives oh, yeah. you options. I know Coach Azani's probably thrilled to have those guys in that room there. Uh, let's go to the offensive side a little bit in terms of the quarterback competition. I know every day it's kind of a scorecard as to who does better, who does worse. I'm on the on the fence of saying, hey, I think we really have to see how each quarterback does in joint training camp practices against the Vikings this week and also just in the preseason because it's really hard just in my experience, going back and going against your own teammates every single day, there are certain formations and, and lineups that maybe the defense might pick up. And then again, too, the Broncos defense is super talented right now. So, I, I mean, I would be kind of shocked if this defense wasn't giving each of those quarterbacks a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, I, that's the one thing I think Broncos fans need to keep in mind when, you know, some of us media will put out there like uh, Drew Locke through an interception or Teddy Bridgewater through an inter interception. Uh 
be mindful that this is, I think, maybe a top five, top three defense in the league. And when you're talking about the secondary, it might be the best secondary in the league. I mean, Justin Simmons uh, has looked incredible, uh, you know, had the interception today against Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and so I, I think that's definitely something you need to keep in mind. But I think your previous point about Minnesota, I, I really think that's where we're going to see uh, one guy emerge. And I don't know who that is because right now it's it's pretty deadlock. I, I think that yeah. uh, both guys have – you know, had their ups and downs, you know, Teddy had the three interception day, but other than that, he's been probably the more consistent quarterback in terms of what you're going to get from him. Drew's obviously had some, you know, pretty big flashy plays, uh, obviously has, you know, more arm talent uh, just to be flat out on it. You know, it, it's, it's, it's pretty even. I don't know how else to describe it other than, you know, yeah. both these guys are, are making some plays here and there. Both are making mistakes. You know, Drew today was very, um, I would say conservative might be the right word. Uh, you know, he had the interception, but again, that was a great play by Sosa uh, who jumped up and tipped that pass. And, and um, you know, other than that, he didn't really have anything that, that happened. You know, he had a couple touchdowns in seven on seven in the red zone, but um, you know, he was also kind of indecisive at times and, and what would have probably been sacks on plays or, or just throwaways. And so, um, you know, again, it's like we can sit here and break down every single day, but until they go up against a different team, I think we're really not going to know. Uh, and and I think also too, it, it should be noted uh, that you know who who are they going up against? One, are they going up against the first team defense? Because we've seen them both just play great against the second team defense. Uh, and who's who are they throwing the ball to? And and that's really important because sometimes Locke will be going with the first team offensive line. But maybe it's like the ninth or or tenth string wide receiver that he's throwing to uh, against you know Kyle Fuller, and it's like, well, you know, they're probably not going to get open against Kyle Fuller. Uh, so I, I think that that's something that you know fans should keep in mind too that the rotations and it's and it's scripted. People need to understand the entire the entire practice is scripted, uh, and so I'm not saying that the defense knows what's coming, but they have sort of an idea of, of what's going to happen. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing those joint training cap practices. Obviously, Wednesday, Thursday, next week in Minnesota, leading up to Saturday's preseason action. You know, George, I, I know we're going to be very busy this season, specifically when games happen. Uh, but outside of that, too, let's shift it over to some of the young guys on the defensive side of the ball. Caden Stearns has been one of those players that Vic Fangio had a lot of high praise for, said he's really picking up the defense quicker than probably he anticipated. We know Patrick Sertan is miles ahead on the defense in comparison to everybody else that is a rookie right now. Uh, what is it like being able to see Caden Stearns being able to work a little bit with that safety group? Because K-Jack had a vet day not too long ago this week, and so we're able to see him mix in with the ones a little bit. What does the safety rotation look like? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that's one of the more intriguing positions on the team right now in terms of um, you know, we know who's going to start there, right? Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, both, you know, two of the better safeties in the league. But when you look at the depth there, it's, it's Caden Stearns, who has been fantastic so far as a rookie, Trey Marshall and PJ Locke. Uh, and then Jamar Johnson, you can throw in there too, who had his, you know, his first day of practice today after being on the, the COVID list. But, um, you know, PJ and, and Trey have obviously been around. They know the defense. They're, they're, they're sort of veterans. I know they haven't been in the league that long, but um, they, they know what's coming, but, What's interesting about Caden is, um, you know, I don't know if he's as, as far along as, as those two guys, obviously being in the system, but it seems like every single time the ball is thrown anywhere in his direction, he's either breaking it up or he's picking it off. And when you're a rookie and you're trying to make the team, which I certainly think he's going to make the team. And, and honestly, I know it's only eight days into practice. I think he's the future uh, at that position, maybe after Kareem Jackson moves on. But, um, you know, when you're a rookie, 
uh, and you're trying to make plays. That's what you have to do, right? You have to go out there yeah. and you have to do those sort of things. And, and he's done that so far. And I think that, you know, what Vic said today about learning the playbook is a great sign because that would be the one thing that I would say, okay, well, is, is he understanding the playbook or is he just making great plays? Uh, what is it? And, and, you know, Vic also talked a little bit about he needs to see that he can tackle. Uh, and we'll find that out next week when they go full speed against Minnesota and, and, and actually play a game. But, man, he's, he's on the right track. And he's another guy like Trinity I'm, I'm writing a feature story on hopefully sometime before Minnesota. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, talking to people that know him and, and grew up with him, um, he's always been this way. He's always been a ball hawk. He's been a guy that is incredibly intelligent. He was one of the smartest players on Texas's roster. I believe he was a, he was a captain there. He was a captain in high school. Uh, we, we got to talk to him a couple of days ago, and, you know, he's just a really good person to talk to. So um, I think he's showing all the right things so far. And you love that too. And it kind of reminds me of the Broncos safety room a little bit after Super Bowl 50, you had Darian Stewart, TJ Ward, and then the Broncos, they go, they get Justin Simmons, they get Will Parks. And I think that the Broncos right here, because for me, I think last year, I think everybody's concern was, hey, what happens if Justin Simmons or Kareem Jackson goes down or they have to miss a game for any reason? Who do you have behind them? I didn't feel like last year we were pretty confident in saying, okay, hey, this guy can step in and maybe do it. But now I think that the Broncos don't necessarily have that fear. And I think that Justin's going to be able to play a little bit more free this year and, and not have to worry too much because you do have added help at the cornerback position. And we were talking about a little bit earlier last year, I feel like Justin Simmons had to really kind of make up for where the Broncos lacked in some of the cornerback deficiencies due to some of the matchups. I mean, we talked about the Atlanta Falcons game last year, right before kickoff, Bryce Callahan is out, no AJ Bouye yet. And then now Justin Simmons has to play over the top a little bit more because you have Devontae Harris out there getting that start. So I'm excited to see what Justin could do. And obviously he's making some plays here at Broncos camp. Uh, but to kind of wrap things up here, let's talk about a guy that is uh, coming off of ACL surgery. And, and this is a journey I've been following all offseason. And I think we we're all bummed in week two last year when he went down. But Corlin Sutton has been looking good in Broncos camp. And we saw the mic'd up footage that the Broncos released on social going in one-on-ones against Patrick Sertan, even Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby. He still has t contested coverage on him. He's still making plays. What do you see from Cortland? Do you feel like once the regular season comes around, do you expect maybe a little bit of a slow start? I know Vic Fangio alluded to it today that, you know, it might be similar to Bradley Chubb where you're going to have some slow days. You're going to have some days where you feel better. Uh, where do you see him being by week one? Yeah, you know, I, I do maybe expect a little bit slower start. I will say, you know, he started out slow here at camp. Um, you know, he wasn't catching a ton of passes, wasn't really getting open that often. Uh, and then, you know, he really had a breakout day on Wednesday. I think he caught five passes and they were all about 20 yards or so down the field. And he looked good. It didn't look like he had any hesitation uh, in running routes. And I know that, you know, maybe the first couple of days, it looked like he was hesitating just a little bit with that injury. Uh, and so, you know, he's looked good. But I think it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with him. Because, again, you know, Jerry Judy, is, as everybody knows, uh, has been fantastic this camp. I mean, he's he's looked like an all pro. Uh, type player and I think he's gonna you know have that type of season this year and if Jerry you know comes out and, and becomes you know the number one go-to guy um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for Cortland I know Cortland was obviously the number one guy um, you know last season and the year before um, but I think that that might open up some things for Cortland and when you have an injury like that I think that that'll benefit him if that makes sense uh, and so uh, you know I, I expect him maybe to have a slow start to start the season but He's still got great hands. I mean, the dude, you know, it's not like he's, he's you know, running wide open on the field. Like sometimes sometimes Jerry Judy is just wide open and it's it's stunning to see. Um, but Sutton, if the ball's thrown his way, he's, he's caught a ton of passes in traffic so far in camp. And that's not to say he's not creating separation, but, um, you know, he's, he's making contested catches like he used to. I know he had the one-handed grab 
the other day with a couple people on him. Uh, he's making, you know, catches down the sideline. Uh, I think he caught a touchdown pass from Teddy just, you know, I think two or three days ago. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I think Cortland is going to come back. I don't know if he'll be, you know, maybe the same pro bowl type level he was. I, I think a lot of people around the organization uh, and a lot of his teammates believe that. I know Drew said that the other day. Um, I think it's hard to tell so far in camp, you know, and again, he's going up against some of the, honestly, some of the best corners in the league right now. So yeah. again, I think next week we'll really be able to tell where Cortland at, where Cortland is at in terms of his, you know, recovery and, and everything that goes into that. Awesome. Well, hey, final thought here too. Rogester and Ferris has been making a couple plays this week at Broncos camp and Vic said, hey, he's got a ticket to make the team. I mean, you look at that DB room. It's so loaded. And, you know, right now it's saying Bassey's still not back yet from the PUP list. Duke Dawson still not off that list yet. Could there be a realistic chance that, you know, Rogester and Ferris makes this roster just by default or maybe at least as a practice squad guy? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, I think you'd have he, he's going to have to beat out, uh, you know, Abassi, who obviously hasn't been practicing, Dawson, uh, you know, Kerry Vincent, who they took in the seventh round and, and hasn't been out there a ton because he was also on the COVID list, uh, Mac McCain, who looked really good the first couple days and has been out. So it's really it's lining up for him to have a shot. Uh, it just kind of depends on what's that number that they take there at that corner position. Uh, and can he slide in and play some nickel? Can he come in and, and play in the slot? Because um, I think they're looking for guys that can do both. Because the, the way they're playing Sertan right now, he's he's playing everywhere. And I think they're going to just try and find ways to get him on the field. Um, and, you know, if a couple injuries go down and Sertan all of a sudden becomes the starting, you know, right cornerback or left cornerback replacing Fuller or Darby, um, you know, they're, they're going to need some guys to back up Callahan there in, in the slot. So I, I think he is a guy that can make the team. I mean, he's had two interceptions, I think, so far. In camp that both pretty impressive ones um i think both well one was against teddy one was against drew i think and he jumped both routes uh so you know i, I think he's definitely a guy that you have to kind of circle and say okay can, can he make the team but but i know vic is also looking for guys um other than darby and fuller who, who you know are kind of solidified at those two corner spots um that can kind of play inside outside and kind of be guys that can can kind of play wherever so i think he's gonna have to have to do those things if he wants to make the team Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see it all pan out. Joint training camp practices Wednesday, Thursday. Broncos will practice on Saturday and Sunday. And before heading off to Minnesota, those joint practices. And then it is game time, 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. The Broncos taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously a fun week in store. I know George will have you covered. Follow him on Twitter at George Stoya. And also check out his work at the Gazette. He's got a feature story coming out on Trinity Benson and some other players. He does a lot of great work, and I love what George is doing. George, thank you for taking time out of your schedule my man to come on and talk Broncos football can't wait to have you back anytime Cody